0: Guys, gals, and non binary pals, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Circus Boss podcast. Today, we actually are doing a fun episode. We're switching it up a little bit, and we're going to do a podcast crossover with Circus Talk. We had the honor of being guests recently on episode seven of Press Pass with the Editor, where we shared some financial and business tips for returning to performances. Now, the episode you'll hear today is only one part of a much longer podcast, so I definitely recommend listening to the full episode over on the Circus Voices podcast. And then also, for more about Circus Talk, be sure to head to circustalk.com, and also you can follow their coverage of the International Circus Awards. So I hope you enjoy today's crossover podcast. Here's our snippet of episode seven from Press Pass with the editor.
1: Welcome. Can you tell us about why you do what you do in the circus world?
0: Absolutely. I mean, thank you for having us here. First of all, it's great to be here. This is Ailee speaking now. Um, I use she, her pronouns.
2: And I'm Brock, and I use she, her pronouns.
0: Great. And, you know, first I became obsessed with learning about business and marketing myself because I always had really big visions and I needed to learn how to make them happen. So I quickly learned that to produce the events and produce the performances that I wanted to myself, I had to master those skills. And in the lifetime of learning all those skills myself, I realized there weren't enough resources out there for circus professionals. And so that started my desire to teach others. But then also, I also have a, just a passion for advocacy and performers rights and helping people learn how to take care of themselves and stand up for themselves because I've seen, especially we do a lot of, we did a lot of work in the events industry. And I just see a lot of, unfortunately, um, performers not getting respected and getting treated fairly. And so I'm super passionate about teaching performers how to stand up and and represent themselves.
1: Hmm. So it's something like a little bit of skill building, as well as teaching them to advocate for themselves.
0: Absolutely. And just knowing, knowing the bigger picture, you know, especially as a performer, you just kind of know your world. And so understanding, like, you know, I've been a casting director, I've been a choreographer, a show director, event planner, Like, I understand the needs of all of those roles. And Mm. so teaching performers as well, how they can improve, not only advocate, but also improve their desirability, their, what's another word for that? They can be more helpful. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess my next question is, um, and maybe Brock, you can take this one, in your opinion, what's the biggest business need among circus artists and does it differ depending on their role in the industry or their experience level and things like that?
2: That is a very big question. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Let me me think about that for a minute because I, I think it does, it does differ depending on who, you know, who the person is and where they're at. I know one thing that we've been talking a lot about recently are rates Mm-hmm. And that's really a huge area where I think a lot of people need help, especially people who are in the, the gig economy or people who are in a position where they're have to where they are selling themselves, you know, to a touring show, to an event planner or a producer. Understanding how to set their rates adequately is something that we see people need a lot of help with.
1: And it probably differs in each situation, right? Because I mean, if you're applying to work with a company that's touring, they probably have a budget and that your rates may or may not play into that. So then you have to learn how to negotiate, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. There's so many different facets of how that all works together and how you advocate for yourself that it it can really depend on the situation. But yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head.
0: Well, and I think that we, you know, we tend to go from project to project mindset and forget to look at the bigger picture and understanding that, yes, if a show or a contract isn't going to pay you as much as you had calculated that you're going to need, then how do you fulfill that need? So you're not just like using credit cards to fill in the gaps. Like, how do you make a plan to like, okay, if I'm going to take this contract now, then in between these two contracts, then I'm going to go take uh, this other job where I can make a bunch of money, put some in savings, pay off things, and then go do the next contract. Like just having that level of intimacy and knowledge with your finances and your financial needs. And then, you know, not, not being afraid or having any shame of like having to take other work in between, or, you know, it's just that like not being afraid of knowing your numbers (laughs) and looking at the bigger financial picture is, is a huge need.
1: Right. Because if you don't look at them, they don't go away. You still, you just don't have a good grip on them. So I totally get that. Um, So can you give uh, circus artist three sort of brief tips on to help them resharpen their tools for reentering the workforce after this long delay?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's such a good time to think about reestablishing your network and looking for new opportunities. Um, first, check in with your connections, like let them know what you've been up to during this whole time and let them know about your availability. Don't be afraid to connect with people that you've worked with in the past, but also remember to keep it two-sided and show that you also care about them because we've all been through something um, Mm. life-changing together, right? And so it's not just about you pitching yourself to them, like use it as a chance to also ask what they've been up to and what they have on the horizon that you might be able to help them with. And then to not just do this, but not just do this with your past contacts. Contacts, remember to look for new opportunities in your market because there's new agencies, companies, and shows. A lot of people have started new businesses and new ventures. So, really taking the time to search what's new. You can do that searching, of course, on Circus Talk. You can search online and also, Kim. I saw a great article. I just want to remind people if they didn't see it before that was uh, called "Network Your Way Out of Isolation." Mm -hmm. And you gave some really great tips in there of how to, how to do this, how to expand your network. Oh, thanks for the shout out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then just building on the financial sustainability um, side that we've kind of touched on briefly, like big picture, I have some really specific recommendations that I think help kind of get people started. And one is to, Start to build an emergency fund because I I think a lot of us, especially here in the U.S., don't have enough of a cushion when something unexpected happens to mm-hmm. be able to mm-hmm. cover that. So I think $1,500 here in the U.S. is, is probably just a, a good basic place to start. Um, you know, if you're international, you could just look at, you know, what your rent is or what your mortgage is and maybe go from there to, to see what feels good for you. So that's just a little bit of money that you set aside that's used for emergencies only. So not for vacations, not for training, (laughs) just to have for that, those unexpected emergencies. Not for a new costume. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's, that's different savings. And then um, second is reducing the amount of debt. I think that's a huge one. So just making a plan to pay off debt is a great first start and, you know, you can go online and, And type in free debt calculator. And those are online calculators that you can put in how much debt you have, how much you can either pay each month or at what point in the future. What's your time frame for paying your debt off? And those calculators will spit out a number that says you need to pay this much per month, or if you pay this much per month, this is how long it will take you. So I think a lot of us kind of avoid the debt side of things too. And it's just good to sit down and, and really look at that to make sure that you're financially stable. And then mm-hmm. lastly, I think what's really important is to start to build longer term savings. And mm-hmm. this is an area where I think everybody can look at to see what feels good for them to build more more cushion. Um, it helps <coughs> alleviate stress too. So you'll see standard financial advisors say three to six months of living expenses. That's what you should have saved in your long term savings. But <laughs> honestly, given how hard the circus industry was hit and how specialized a Mm. lot of performer skills are and how high risk they are. I think it's better to be on the safe side. And, you know, we've talked with with just the two of us and we're aiming more for like nine to 12 months of expenses that we want to have saved just after what we've experienced going through the pandemic. So Mm. that's just a little bit of food for thought with finances. A big
1: task.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the the last if we still have time. Go ahead, sure. <laughs> we have so many thoughts to share on all of this, but um The third part of like coming back from all of this is just to make a plan to be performance ready and to be honest with where you currently are. Everyone's in a different place. Some people were able to double down on their training and other people didn't have access to training at all. Um, Some people got to perform online. Some people haven't performed in over a year and a half. So first of all, it's just being honest with where you are. And Mm. I think on some level, we all strive to be yes people. So I do get a little concerned for performers that haven't been able to train or perform that might feel pressured to be at that same performance level they were before the pandemic. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, if you're working your way back, just first, I would plan some informal performances, set a deadline to work towards get yourself in front of an audience, even in the studio, invite your friends, invite coaches, colleagues, whoever you can just to get yourself in front of an audience again, before you have to be in front of a paid audience, right? And if you do get asked to perform to do a performance that you aren't ready for physically, like I just want to give permission to people as much as they can to either if they can alter the act or be honest about how much time they need to prepare because Mm -hmm. we're all excited to get back to performing, but this is not a good time to get injured. Yes. So um, nobody wants another intermission right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brock, did you have something, you know, and I think
2: in line with that too, People, especially with really specialized equipment, it's a good time to pull the equipment out too and make sure the equipment is performance ready as well. Like just do give every piece of equipment a once over, especially if it's aerial or, you know, stilts or something that's, Mm
0: -hmm. that's
2: a, a really specialized prop. It's, and it's been sitting for a while. Pull that out and check it really, really well and, you know, practice on that too as part of getting performance ready.
1: That's great. That's great advice. Thank you. So um, my last question, and it's just um, kind of a big one, but I think we can come up with a couple things. Um, looking ahead to the performance season this year, and then as things heat back up and in 2022, um, if, you know, if there's n- no more lockdowns, um, what's one tool that you think every circus artist needs to get more jobs? And I'm not begging for um, any shout outs this time. I just really want to know. <laughs>
0: One tool that every circus performer should have to get more jobs? Yes. I'm going to think on that for a second.
1: I mean, is it like your resume? Is it a sizzler reel? Is it a trailer? Is it, you know?
0: Okay. Actually, kind of I do have something. So, I mean, of course we need all the basics of like your, your, you know, CV or cover letter. And I'm a big advocate of personalizing your cover letters for whoever you're applying for. To take time to do the research. Uh, I'm going to give a long list of things, no cold DMs, like build a relationship (laughs) before you pitch yourself. But the biggest thing that I see that's kind of new, that um, I've seen people doing, and I think is going to be very powerful is like, we need to acknowledge where the the bigger picture is of our world, (laughs) and how we market and how we communicate. And so Mm -hmm. much is going towards video that um, I think there is room for having Learning how to do a good introduction about who you are and what your strengths are and what type of work you're looking for and learning how to communicate the experience that you provide through your performances and doing an intro where somebody gets to build a relationship with you as a person before they see your performances. Like just Mm -hmm. creating a video. That's like an introduction with you speaking, describing what you do. And then you have the video of just you as the performer, because traditionally so much, unless you're doing a specific audition where they tell you, they want an intro so much of people's acts, sorry, videos are just of their acts on stage. And I Mm -hmm. feel like we are, it's more about we, we as humans are more moving more in the direction of like, we need that personal connection. And if you look at every other type of business, there's just more and more of this talking head video where you're getting to know the person. And mm-hmm. I, I see that that can benefit people. I've seen some performers doing that already and it always stands, <clears throat> excuse me. It always stands out in my eye of like, Oh yeah, cool. And now I, I actually feel like I know that person more that's than such just a good see tip. them perform.
1: Yeah. That makes so much sense because you really want to see the person's demeanor and what their attitudes like. And if you can't have that in person face-to-face meeting, you don't get that opportunity for that. So that's brilliant.
2: Yeah, Thank you so it,
1: much. It
2: makes you more memorable too, I, I think. think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You get to see the sparkle in their
1: eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I don't know if video conveys that so well, but you know, it's, it's a start. Well, well, thanks again for being my guest today. And uh, we really look forward to hearing more from Circus Boss. And um, yeah, we appreciate what you're doing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. And we really appreciate what you all are doing as well. Thank you.
1: Thanks.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed our crossover podcast with Circus Talk. That was Kim Campbell interviewing us on episode seven of Press Pass with the Editor. You can hear the full episode as well as a ton of other great content over on the Circus Voices podcast. So be sure and give them a follow if you're not already. Thanks again for listening and we will see you all next week.